listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It's Friday the 30th of November. Thank you all, one and all, for joining us on today's episode. Great one ahead of us. We're going to recap Thursday night football. We're going to look ahead to all the Sunday games and obviously Monday night football as well. And of course, it's Friday, so Adam is just going to join us for the best bets of week 13. But Lee, welcome you in and good good set of games coming up this weekend. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, obviously, you would say it's a great uh, you know, Thursday night football, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> given the given the scoreline, but yeah, no, uh, you definitely deserve that one. Obviously, we'll get on that shortly. But yeah, no, looking forward to this episode. Yeah, so so we will go through all the games, give you all the betting lines, we'll give you all the uh, all the bits you need to know ahead of all your fan. It's probably uh, most leagues now the last week of the fantasy uh, fantasy regular season. So obviously uh, more important for quite a lot of you out there that you want to win that matchup. Just before we get into all of those, a couple of things just to keep you informed of tonight is obviously the last night in which you can enter our Larry Fitzgerald competition. Thank you to all those that have entered. Had a couple sprinkled over the last couple of days. So shout out to all you guys. You know who you are. And from tomorrow, we're going to be doing a new competition, obviously, December. So we're going to be doing a December jumper, a Christmas jumper giveaway, a team of your choice. And that will be related to recording an intro on Voice Bytes. And check out our, our Twitter, at Full10Yards, our pinned tweet uh, as of the 1st of December for all the information there on how to get involved with that. Because uh, who doesn't like a Christmas jumper, Lee? Well, yeah, I've got an absolute corker from my parents last, last year. Christmas jumper that I had to wear out when we went out for our sort of pre-Christmas uh, meal together. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not something that I really relish, but it's definitely a bit of fun. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, whoever wins that, that jumper, it'd be great to see sort of a picture on social media, just a uh, you know happy winner kind of thing. Yeah, I actually spoke to the guy that won uh, our October competition. Uh, he's uh, Long story short, uh, the, the the jersey I sent him was a bit too small, so I've uh, arranged and sent him another one. So we we drew a picture from him imminently, so that'll be up over the weekend. And of course, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald's jersey will be in the post uh, either tomorrow or Monday as well. So yeah, again, if you are lucky enough to win that, we would very much appreciate a picture of that. Uh, a couple of other things to uh, what we're we doing. Uh, yes, so. Uh, we have a couple of articles on site. Obviously, we have uh, Kieran uh, at True Hybrid KP looking looking at a mock draft. So uh, head over to the website full ten yards dot com to check that out. And obviously, Scott uh, has been away this week, so no article from him. But he'll be back next week, no doubt, uh, to have a look at some fantasy football stuff uh, for you to read. So very much looking forward to that. But Lee, let's uh, let's look back to last night's game. Then Dallas. Um, in a low scorer, which I, I kind of preempted, obviously on, on the podcast on Tuesday, I said it'd be a low scorer, and the key to me was just looking at just to see how far the Dallas defense has come. And judging by last night's game, they've come they've come a long a long way. Yeah, definitely. No, they they played really really well. The the Dallas D. Uh, shout out to Leighton Van Der Esch, who was absolutely everywhere, uh, which is kind of becoming the sort of running theme, isn't it? And uh, also Byron Jones as well, who you know more than held his own against Michael Thomas. Um, for the whole game, really, threw a couple of flags, but uh, you know you kind of got to do that when you defending Michael Thomas. I would say, yeah, you're not going to play a perfect game, but yeah, no, come come really, you know, quite a long way, like you say, and it's kind of maybe going to become the identity of the team now. You know, with that defense first uh, and run first uh, strategy. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the amount of yardage that they limited the Saints to was, was quite remarkable as well. I mean, Drew, Drew Brees only had 127 yards through the air, so that just shows you uh, how good the, the coverage was uh, by our corners and our, you know, the, the past defence but also obviously on the ground limiting Mark Ingram to, to barely anything and uh, Alvin, the Alvin Kamara the explosive explosiveness of, of Alvin Kamara was uh, was stopped on the ground obviously that, that third down uh, sorry the, uh, the third down and the fourth down obviously both plays went to him just before the uh, was it five minutes into the second quarter uh, stuffed him twice uh, which but you know Second quarter, obviously, they hadn't scored any points yet, so it's quite an interesting decision there to go for it on fourth and goal. I know they were from the one or, one, one or two yard line, but still, uh, it was an interesting call to down 10 points. But a couple of big, big uh, pivotal moments in this one, I thought. Um, Sean Payton obviously losing both of his challenges early in the game, so he wasn't able to challenge that Cole Beasley uh, first down grab, but should, should have been really seen that his elbow, elbow touched the ground. Um, but the hit on Alvin Kamara as well that could have resulted in a penalty uh, would have kept that drive going and potentially given some points to the Saints. Uh, the fourth down stop, like I mentioned in the second quarter, was, was a big uh, turning point of the game. Obviously, Dallas uh, had a lot of momentum off the back of that. But also, obviously, Drew Brees on the final drive, the interception where he tried to throw it away. Uh, but uh, it was a Jordan Lewis, I think, scooped the ball up. Great interception that was. Uh, which, you know, the, the, as good as the Dallas defense is uh, this year, even last year, they were they were decent. Um, they're not ones for getting many turnovers. They never win really much turnover battles. They don't really force that many fumbles uh, from sacks. So they don't really, they're not notorious for interceptions. So it's good to see, obviously, killing a game off there. Uh, Drew Brees, obviously, with, with two minutes on the clock, down by three points, you're thinking it's going to be you know, a, a simple tap-in, if you like, for, for Drew Brees to, to drive down the field and, and at least tie the game. But uh, that was that was stopped in its tracks quite early on in the drive in Dallas uh, on the back of a, a penalty, a passing interference call on Amari Cooper, which was also questionable in my in my opinion, but uh, that, that kind of killed the game there with the three nil downs after the two-minute warning. But yeah, Dallas defense, uh, defensive masterclass there. Cowboys keep rolling on to 7-5 seven, seven and five now, the record. Big game against uh, Philadelphia next week at home as well. But New Orleans, maybe more importantly, not the number one seed now, not, no longer in their hands. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Just at the top of it is that when you say how much it's, how much the last defence has grown, and it's against this is against the Saints, who have obviously been putting away teams quite heavily. Yeah. Uh, you know they're not like a an offense. They're not, they're, well, they are an offense that have been you know flying high, and that's, it says a lot. It's not as though you know they've sort of shut down a, a mediocre offense and, and won. You know, it's, it's it's a real sort of a feather in the cap, I would say, for Dallas. Yeah, um, yeah, like you say, a couple of big turning points, and there's a couple of big turning points that you know on other days might have gone against Dallas as well. Yeah. With the, the Dak fumble late on in the red zone, mm. which obviously led to the turnover that you mentioned for Breeze. Uh, on another day, that would be Breeze going down the field and winning the game. Uh, mm. And then also Randy Gregory with a couple of um, really boneheaded penalties as well. I thought oh, they, yeah. they could have both been uh, ones that could have turned on another day. But no, Dallas played really well. Um, you can tell just by the score, obviously the defensive on top, obviously that's what we've mentioned um, you know, throughout this. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me is that uh, on offense, the Cowboys really picked on Eli Apple, who was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, you can see everything just sort of went towards him. Michael Gallup just had his way with him the whole time, and he just drew loads of flags. Hmm. And yeah, you can see that was the weak point that they targeted throughout the week leading up to the game, and they just, like I said, just picked on him really. Hmm. Um, which is obviously, let's say, good coaching. No. In Dallas. Don't say that. <laughs> well, Don't say it too loud. You'll get Jason Garrett a five-year extension. I mean, 
That wouldn't be a bad thing for us in NFL, to be fair. Uh, well, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, Drew B, they shut shutting down the, the, the New Orleans offence. You know, last week, Drew B's only had 171 yards through the air, but generally, over the course of the season, he's just been racking up the yards and the touchdowns. I mean, the last four games, he's had four touchdowns, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, and four touchdowns. Um, so, in, in well, f- four in each of the last four games, if you include rushing touchdowns as well. So, uh, yeah, very impressive performance there from Dallas. And say so they roll over to Philadelphia at home next week in what would gen- probably be, if, if they beat the Philadelphia Eagles next uh, next week, that should be the division kind of sealed up, I suppose, because they'd have their head-to-head and there'd be three three games in front. But it'd be interesting to see the outcome of the Washington-Philadelphia game on, uh, was it Monday Night Football, I think, this week, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of come from... A couple of weeks ago, sort of saying it's Washington's division to lose to yeah. Alex Smith, obviously getting that injury, and mm. now Dallas are going to win it quite quite comfortably, it seems. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Well, yeah, and I was just to say four four wins in a row now for Dallas, which is unusual. Yeah, yeah. No, on form, on form, doing well. Mm. Uh, got to keep it rolling, obviously, for the next few weeks and have some momentum going into the playoffs. But yeah, no, it's all looking rosy, isn't it, um, at the moment? Yeah, but like I say, it can all change within a matter of weeks, just to ask Washington Redskins fans. Also, I saw a lot, quite a lot of people on Twitter moaning about the game, uh, you know, the quality. or. Uh, but to me, it felt like a playoff game. And you know, it was so intriguing, so intriguing just to watch the two teams go at it and you know, how well they matched up because of the Dallas defence and the New Orleans defence. And, you know, can Drew Brees can do it? Because let's, let's face it as well, Drew Brees on the road this season has not been, not been the, the Drew Brees of old, really. Um, you know, he's not... I think the last couple of... The last four or five away games this season, I don't think he's thrown for over, you know, for, for over 300 yards, which is normal, normal for him uh, this season. Maybe not so much last season, but so uh, yeah. Um, interesting all the same. They travel to Tampa Bay next week, uh, so they should be able to get back on track and hopefully yeah. make, well, say it'll come down to whether or not now the Rams can, can slip up, uh, which is unlikely, but you know, such strange things happen. Not many people saw uh, the Cowboys beating the Saints there on Thursday night football. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just one really quick thing before we move on. All the people who are saying that yesterday wasn't a good game are the people who were loving the 54-51 Chiefs-Rams yeah. game, yeah. the best football game ever, yeah. and not realising it's a two-way sport. It was a great game last night. I really enjoyed it, even though there was only 23 points. Oh, yeah. yeah, still had the drama. And uh, so, yeah, like I say, defensive football. Yeah, well, say I, I used to really enjoy the, the Pittsburgh Baltimore games of old, like for six, seven years ago, with uh, all the juggernauts there and hard, hard, fighting hard, and you know, yards were hard to come by. You earned every every yard that you ran or you passed for, um, and it, it just it's just as much drama because you know because it's such a low scoring game, every play becomes more important. You know, in the shootout, yeah. you can kind of get around yeah. it. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and. Yeah, it just makes it like that more meaningful, doesn't it? Every snap, because like you say, you do earn it every every time you, you get a yard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, about Thursday night football. So let's move on to the Sunday games. Maybe they all won't be as low scoring as Thursday night. But uh, let's start off Baltimore Atlanta. Uh, the over under here is forty nine and a half minus one. Um, Atlanta one and a half point favourites. Baltimore um, are going to be starting Lamar Jackson at quarterback with Joe Flacco listed as doubtful. But um, yeah, I've got this game. So the first two starts for Baltimore um, with, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback have been a sixty seven percent run heavy offense, which just shows you obviously the difference between Lamar Jackson and uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, it's not hard. 
But also what was quite interesting, I did a bit of digging on Lamar Jackson's first two kind of games and 37 of his 38 rushes of where he's rushed outside the hashes. So obviously they're just trying to get him into space where he's elusive and can do a lot more with the ball. So only one run, only one run between the hashes, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, but the matchup against Atlanta, uh, Falcons obviously are notoriously bad against passing, uh, running uh, passes to running backs, but also running backs in general. They give up the seven most yards, which is 207. Um, and the sixth highest success rate, which is 60% against designed quarterbacks run quarterback runs this season. So, on paper, a really good matchup for for uh, Lamar Jackson. But also, you know, Falcons give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, and also the fourth most to running backs. And obviously, Lamar Jackson is good at both. Of, he can pretty much be do, do both of those. So, um, yeah, if you've got Lamar Jackson on your on your bench, you can uh, you can pretty much start him with with confidence this week. You, you, you do have the you do run the risk of obviously being a rookie, being away from home. There's going to be a bit of noise. Obviously, he's had the first two games at at, at home, so a bit of a different atmosphere for him to contend with this week. So, be interesting to see how he kind of handles that. But on paper, certainly, Lamar Jackson, this you know, this game comes down to him. Yeah, I want to pump the brakes a little bit on your you know Lamar Jackson and passing running backs because Dion Jones is back. He's going to suit up for Atlanta this weekend. Oh, was he? Oh, was I, I thought he was out. Yes. Yeah. That should boost them. Uh, obviously, not sure how healthy he's going to be in terms of like his sort of match fitness. Cause obviously, he's been out for quite a while, but he's going to be there. Obviously, he's going to be the best linebacker on the on the field probably hmm. um, for both teams. So you know that is something to take into consideration. Uh, but yeah, no, they, he can't do it all himself. He's no. not a one-man team on any stretch. So yeah, you know, you push still. Uh, doing it with quite a bit of confidence, but it's not sort of like the whole hog, like sort of um, how you would have done it a couple of weeks ago without him in the lineup. I would have said. Yeah, I'll just have a look at Dion Jones. So he's limited practice. Oh yeah, he's set to suit up. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's limited uh, most some of the week. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't, uh, I didn't think he was back for another couple of weeks. But yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a QB one or in the top five QBs. But he's certainly got the the floor um, if you need to get points. But yeah, and again, yeah. He, you run the risk. He's a rookie. He's what his, his third game, third start away from home. So you know he, he could fall flat on his face. And and you know, and let's not let's not forget against Oakland last week. He was like like I mentioned, he had a shaky start and had a really bad stat line at some point but then he's, he's rushing you know the thing is with fantasy football as well his rushing ability gives him so many points because if he rushes for 50 yards 75 yards that, that's not it's not treated the same way as passing yards is it you know if you do 50 yards rushing you're getting five points on the ground uh, for the quarterback whereas you only get two points for the air for 50 passing yards so um you, you can kind of mask you can kind of mask a bad performance by by having a, a, you know, a good rushing game just look at josh allen last week yeah exactly and obviously he comes into zone in the red zone as well mm. Um, you know, with those keepers and things like that. So yeah, no, he's definitely he's definitely going to be an option uh, moving forward. Point out for the rest of his career because, like I said, hope that they sort of stick with him. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Atlanta side, I think you're obviously starting all your studs, but Baltimore are one of the better defences, uh, although they are ageing. So as we get towards the latter stages of the season, they could be a bit more worn down and they could wear out a bit more easily. So maybe Atlanta will get a bit more later in the second half, perhaps. Um, but yeah, it should be a close game. But again, Atlanta don't really have anything to play for anymore. So I'd expect Baltimore to win. So I was, I was slightly surprised that they're, they're underdogs by one one and a half points. Uh, but yeah, it should be, should be a decent game. It could be one of those that could be a really low score or could be a shootout as well, depending on what kind of Atlanta Atlanta turns up because I think Baltimore obviously need to win this game more than Atlanta do. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, like I say, I would go along with what you said there with Baltimore probably being the favourites in my mind as well. Not really sure why Atlanta have got the favourites tag for this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see the Ravens uh, taking this in a relatively low-scoring, uh, tight game. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's how I'd go with that one. 
Yeah, the other one, uh, Gus Edwards, obviously, he's been the, uh, the the running back that's come to the fore over the last couple of weeks. He's questionable for the game. Um, so I think Alex Collins is still around. I know he was inactive last week, but um, it's not, not, not as clear-cut as maybe some people think. Gus Edwards has been limited or ab- absent from practice, I think, this week as well. So just keep your eye on that. And as I say, it, it, if Gus Edwards does miss, Alex Collins might come back into the mix. But also keep your eye on Ty Montgomery as well. As I said, the Atlanta... That's always struggle against passing running backs, and even with uh, Dion Jones there. But um, yeah, should be should be some some fantasy points to go around, but maybe not to the Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, let's move on to should be a, should be a high scoring game. This one should be a lot of fantasy points to go around. And talking wide receivers, AJ Green should be able to suit up on Sunday for this one for Cincinnati Bengals. They host the Denver Broncos. Five point underdogs uh, are the Cincinnati Bengals over under here forty five. Lee. Yeah, um, hoping AJ Green comes back and has himself a game. I just traded for him in Nardo's delete, so Indeed, yeah. hoping he can get me some points there, even though I'm in rebuild mode. Um, but yeah, no, it should be quite a decent game. Like you said, quite a high scoring one. Um, both defences are liable to give up quite a few points, especially the Bengals at the moment. Uh, the main talking point for this one is obviously Andrew Dalton being out for the year, so we get to see what Jeff Driscoll's made of. I think the Broncos will win this in quite a tight one. I think they'll keep their slim playoff hooks live. Broncos have won two straight and they're both feeling quite good about themselves and they're just starting that battle with the Colts and the Ravens for the sixth seed in the AFC uh, and they're almost in playoff mode already because of that obviously now they've just got to keep winning just to keep pace uh, with the two teams I've just mentioned who are slightly ahead of them mm. um, I think the Broncos win narrowly because I just don't believe in Jeff Driscoll enough he played reasonably well last week I'd say in the, in the relief that he gave to uh, Andy Dalton made some nice throws uh, ran for a touchdown but I just think that's what he's got. That mobility will cause them problems. But I think Denver are just on a bit more of a stable footing with how they're going. And Jeffrey Scully is liable to a few turnovers as well, which we did see in college at Florida when he was there. Um, so, yeah, just don't just don't quite have enough to get off the hump, even though it's at home. So I think the Broncos will take this one. Yeah, I agree. I say Denver should have too much. Their defence has played well over the last couple of weeks as well. They've been they've been quite tough and interceptions and and um, and sacks against some tough matchups as well. Obviously beating uh, Chargers and Pittsburgh back to back, which is no mean feat. So you kind of have to give them. Obviously, I know Case Keenum uh, has not been the most uh, convincing a quarterback this year. Neither have the Denver Broncos. But once that defence has stepped up over the last couple of weeks, it kind of makes it easier on offence to to perform because you don't need to score as many points to win the game. And Cincinnati, who are pretty much last in in all the uh, defensive kind of categories of of grading uh, in you know yards given up, points given up, and all, and all the rest of it. Uh, Denver should uh, should even if the, even if they are away, should find this one a bit more easier than their previous two uh, assignments. So yeah, it should be interesting. But Denver should should come away with a victory in that one. Another team that should come away a victory uh, this Sunday: the Rams, the ten and one Rams off the bye. Uh, they travel to Detroit four and seven. Uh, Detroit are ten point underdogs. The over under here is fifty five, and. Uh, after the Saints loss, I think I think uh, on on Thursday, obviously the Rams, I think, will be a bit more focused and, and take care of business on this one, because um, obviously they've got that carrot now in front of them to, you know, the number one seed is in their own hands, and all, every team obviously wants wants all of their their playoff games to go through their home ground. So the Rams have a have a decent opportunity now to to make sure that happens uh, for Detroit. No Marvin Jones, obviously he's on IR. Kieran Johnson, I think, is doubtful for this one. I don't think he's actually listed as doubtful, but it doesn't look likely. I don't think he has practiced it at all uh, this week. Uh, for me, Kenny, Kenny Golladay, uh, last two weeks, 30, 30% of his routes uh, he's been targeted, which is uh, tied for first with Julio Jones, so it just shows you the volume that he's getting 
Uh, 40% of those routes have been in the slot, uh, which compares with 29% between week uh, 1 and 10. But the reason I say that is because the Rams give up 113 yards per game to slot receivers, which is the fifth most. So Kenny Golladay, despite the uh, seemingly tough matchup, uh, should should have a decent day. The Rams have struggled in the secondary this year. But Keep Tlaib, I think, is nearing a return. I can't remember if he's uh, going to suit up in this one, but obviously that would be a big boost to the Rams' defence. Uh, who could could get could get good over the last couple of weeks of the season and obviously into the playoffs uh, in terms of NFL. But I certainly expect uh, with a 10-point deficit uh, on the handicap there, the Rams should win this one quite convincingly. Detroit pretty much out of it in the uh, wild card. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, they, um, obviously the Saints losing, it's going to be something like the carrot in front of them, exactly what you said. And I think that will be exactly the case. I think that will uh, just mean that the Rams have sort of taken control of that um sort of first seed sort of, uh, race now. And the Saints really let it slip last night. Uh, I, I expected the Saints to win and it sort of go down to the wire, but I think it's kind of it's kind of over already almost if the Rams sort of just take care of business, which obviously we all expect them to do at 10-1. and 1. Mm. Um, Yeah, I can't see any, it going any other way, to be honest with you. Uh, good point about Kenny Golday. Um, he's obviously been in the slot quite a lot. Um, the Rams slot corner, Roby Nickel, uh, sorry, Nickel Roby Coleman, he's only five foot seven, so obviously mm-hmm. going to have the size and weight advantage quite heftily yeah. over the slot corner. So if they can sort of make that mismatch, they might be able to make a bit of hay. Uh, but generally, I think the, the Rams will just be too strong on offense for the Lions. Even though you know the Lions have shown us sort of a, a few shocking results, obviously beating the Patriots and you know showing a little bit every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I do think they'll be too strong. Um, the Rams for them. Yeah. Okay, uh, another team. So let's let's move over to Arizona at Green Bay. Then Green Bay fourteen point favorites in this one, which is shocking uh, considering how well Green Bay have played this season. But then I suppose that is attributed to the team that are visiting. Over under here is forty three and a half. See any any upset here? It's quite low, isn't it? Forty three and a half, I would say, especially when one team's a fourteen point favorite. Yeah, you know, they're expecting a shellacking, mm. but not expecting it to be you know that. High score in overall. Quite strange, I'd say. Mm. But yeah, Packers at home versus Arizona, who does the mess, as all this says. So yeah, going to go with the Packers for this one, surprisingly. Mm. Uh, Green Bay are dead. They've got nothing to play for. But I do honestly think that Sean Kaiser could play in lieu of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay probably still take this. As a fact, I just think the cards are. It's just how, how I think it lies for them. I think they just want to get out this season, try and get this uh, sort of first pick. They're in that race for the, race for the bottom with... Uh, the Niners and the Raiders, yeah. that three-way race, the number one pick. And, you know, they're just going to take whoever they can get as high as they can. Maybe trade back because they've got quite a big, lot of big holes in their roster and, uh, you know, go on to the next season when they can hopefully try and put some weapons and some protection in front of Josh Rosen mm. and keep some other guys out the other end. Mm. Uh, yeah, not a lot of interest in this one. This is kind of those end-of-season clashes between two teams just out of the playoff race that yeah. don't really draw my interest that much. But, you know, yeah, I think the Packs will take this. And they've really got a, they've got a win out and get a lot of snookers for the playoffs. I've already buried them in my head. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. You've already, you've already welcomed them into the 2019 draft. I, do, I have, yeah, I have. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, they, if they, what, what would their record be? Would it be 9, uh, 7 and 1, wouldn't it? It's not making the playoffs, is it? Uh, 9, 6 and 1. 9, 6 and 1, sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not making the playoffs unless there's some crazy, you know, outcome in a lot of other games. 
Yeah, basically so, yeah. they need four. I think yeah, they think need four or five, four, four or five other teams to for results to go their way. I'll, I'll tweet it out because I did see I did see a, tw- a tweet that someone put out. Uh, I don't know if it's in my retweets actually. I'll, I'll, have a, I'll see if I can have a quick look at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not a game that of of great significance for in terms of the NFL. But I suppose from a fantasy spec- perspective, there's going to be a lot of players in here that people are going to be interested in. David Johnson, obviously, only on the Arizona side. But Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams uh, on the Green Bay side. Aaron Jones. Uh, has the fourth most t- yards per touch amongst running backs, um, qualifying minimum seventy-five rushes, uh, minif- minimum of seventy-five touches, and he has six point four yards uh, per touch. So, obviously, they've finally gotten him in- into the game, and he's taken most of the uh, most of the snaps and making Jamal uh, Williams uh, re- well redundant, to be quite honest. But uh, yeah, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler, funny enough, uh, leads that with seven point four eight yards per touch amongst running backs. So, but yeah, Aaron Jones obviously well, should be explosive. Arizona absolutely. Um, I was about to swear then, but uh, yeah, absolutely dog crap against the against the run. So Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones should have a good game. And did you know it's actually Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers' birthday on Sunday? So, well, they share a birthday and a name. Yeah, how about that? Great. <laughs> you know this stat that you just mentioned about the um, the one that was top of, top yeah. of. Yeah, Melvin Gordon in the top five as well. Yeah, he's fifth. Six or something like that. Yeah, he's both quite high up, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty yeah, much part. Sure. They're pretty much um, pass pass catching running backs. To be quite honest, the top five is Austin Eckler, Tariq Cohen, Jalen Rashard, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, and then you've got James White, Matt Brady, Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley. They're all pass catching running backs. It shows, doesn't it? That yeah. you know nowadays, if you're going to be a running back, you've got to be able to catch the ball. Yeah. You know, you you're not just a you're very rarely sort of a little Garrett Blunt sort of you know pound it up the middle kind of running back. No. Yeah. Not well. Sure yeah. They're just out, just out now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they uh, obviously, pass-catching running backs usually get into space because they've, they've it's a bit of dump-off or they've gone out to the flat and, you know, they've got a bit of... They can make the first man miss, can't they? And then they can get extra yardage. But, uh, yeah, you need to obviously catch the ball if you want to be a good fantasy player and a good player, obviously, in the NFL as well. Um, talking of which, there's lots of fantasy players in this one. Buffalo at Miami. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, minus three and a half are, are the Miami Dolphins. Over under here is 40. Uh, be interesting to see if they get to that. But this one, to me, depends on kind of how much the Miami are fighting for the wild cards. Now, I know Buffalo, uh, prior to the season, were over under, I think, on total season wins was five and a half. And that's looking a bit dicey because they've got to play uh, Miami twice. Uh, and Buffalo have some some winnable games coming up. Uh, to be honest. I think they've got to play the Jets as well. Um, which I, I went under in Buffalo, so it's looking a bit li- looking a bit dicey. So I could do with Miami kind of helping me out here, but uh, yeah, Miami me- mediocre team, um, and every year they just take, kind of have it finish off with a mediocre record, ending up getting a, a mediocre draft pick, and it's just a vicious cycle every year. It's just you either need to have a really good season or a really bad season just to, or just a really bad season to kind of buck the trend, get a decent player, and kind of breathe new life into that franchise because it just seems to be the same thing every year uh, with Miami the last couple of years. Yeah, or you could just, you know, get good at drafting and, you know, pick players that you don't necessarily have to be near the top to be good. No. Or get a good coach and, you know, actually train your players to be better. <laughs> you know, you may want to try that, those two out in Miami. Yeah, this this game, it's, I don't know, it's a bit of a another drab one, isn't it? Mm. Towards the end so of the season. A, it's a game you normally get, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I can see the, the under over. If you're relying on Miami for that bet, then uh, it might not go so well. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing for, for, from a fantasy perspective as well, uh, Miami versus the run have not been great this year. The sixth worst against running backs, giving up 23.43 fantasy points per game. Josh Allen obviously had 99 rush yards last week uh, against Jacksonville. It was actually 101 until the two kneel downs, so um, I don't know if he knew that. But yeah, getting nine, having 101 yards and then uh, 99 yards because of two kneel downs is a bit uh, bit bad for see the stat sheet. I did see actually someone someone lost a fantasy game, uh, which meant they they missed the fen- the playoffs because of those two kneel downs. Absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, that is horrible. Yeah, um, imagine. Yeah, no, it's awful. Uh, but yeah, I expect uh, Josh Allen to run again this year. This this game, uh, one of his weapons is his legs. He you know when you watched his game last week, he he's certainly a. Very mobile quarterback. LaShawn McCoy has only totaled 426 yards on the year on the ground. Uh, last two games, he's had 46 and 113, so that's, that's better. But he's only had three games over 50 rush yards. I know he's dealt with a couple of injuries, uh, but I certainly expect Josh Allen and McCoy to have a bit of uh, success on, on the ground in this one. Miami haven't stopped the run all year, so um, that would be my angle yeah. there from a betting perspective or maybe from fantasy football. Uh, talking of a team against, good against the run, Chicago Bears travel to MetLife Stadium to play the Giants. The Giants are 3.5 underdogs, and the over-under here, Lee, 44.5. Another quite low one, but I guess that this, yeah, this is going to be sort of the action here is going to be the Bears' D versus the play of the Giants. I would say I think that's where we won and lost. Yeah, Chase Daniels and again, obviously in place of Mitchell Trubisky, uh, so maybe that's another reason why it's pretty low. Um, I think I think it'd be pretty interesting to see if he can play solidly enough again uh, and sort of manage the game and get it into the hands of his playmakers, which we know Chicago do have as well. He needs to be sensitive with the ball and allow his coach to outcoach the Giants head coach and the and the defence to beat the Giants offence as well. And just put up a point just for the defence to have something to aim at, I think. Um, you know, and they can get after Eli and see how he can cope with the pressure that they might put on him. I think this might be a, a pretty decent game though, to be honest with you. Um, obviously like I say, Giants have got quite a lot of good playmakers. Um, and see, see if they can sort of create anything against this defence, which is, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, is one of only two legitimately really good defences in the league at the moment, I think. Uh, I'm backing the Bears to keep this rolling. Um, I don't think the Giants' D is good enough to sort of keep even Chase Daniel out at the moment. No, I agree. It would have been interesting, actually, if the Giants would have beaten Philadelphia last week, whether or not they'd tried to keep their season going a little bit and... Uh, just see what happened. Like win out. Well, they were never going to win out, but you know what I mean. If you know, keep keep on winning and uh, and see what happens. But now, obviously, Philadelphia beat them uh, with a field goal, uh, win by three points. They're they're dead now. They're completely dead. Uh, so Chicago, yeah, I expect Chicago to to suffocate them on deep from from the defense, uh, and, and and then just go from there, get the win, and get out of New York. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I think. It's kind of like the mentality that I've been thinking about with the Chargers when we've had this sort of easier streak of games running up to this more difficult one. For the Bears now, they just need to win and just keep winning until the other teams run out of games to catch them up. And then obviously in the postseason, it becomes a different animal. So obviously before the start of the season, no one would have backed the Bears or the division. Um, you know, a wild card even, never mind the division. And, you know, they're in this position now. So, yeah, they've just got to take it as it comes. And just like I say, just keep winning and keep it rolling, really. They're really hot at the moment. Mm. Yeah, they are certainly indeed. A team that is really cold, Carolina at the moment, 6-5 and five now at Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay, three-point underdogs over under here is 54.5. So expected to have quite a lot of points in this one. And I can certainly see it. So Carolina on a bit of a losing streak. So um, maybe a get-right spot for them. 
Carolina versus slot receivers are pretty bad. Have been pretty bad all season. So I actually really like a, a big uh, Adam Humphreys game in this one. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has also just been ruled out for this one. Um, so just, uh, Adam Humphreys will feature in our betting segment a bit later on in the in the podcast. But yeah, Tampa Bay give up the third most points to opposing quarterbacks, but have been the be- eighth best over the last four weeks. So maybe uh, maybe they're right in the ship over there a little bit. But again, you know, it's it's a case where we're just waiting for Dirk Cutter to be fired. Uh, Carolina also give up the most points to opposing quarterbacks, so Cam Newton should have himself a day as well. But yeah, with the with the over underline being fifty four and a half, I say I expect a lot of points in this one. I expect a lot of action, NFC South clash. Uh, but Carolina should should come away with the game. But then, you know, last couple of weeks has not been the not been great for him. Yeah, Carolina at the moment one of those teams where just as they're starting to make people believe a little bit in them and sort of talk them up a little bit, they'll go and lose the game. <laughs> We'll just make everyone go, ah, oh, maybe not, mm. you know. Yeah. yeah, no, like you say, it's a good bounce back spot. Tampa Bay was a bit of a wreck at the moment. Uh, shit wreck, you might say. Hey! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, they're not good. They're just another team that's sort of waiting for the postseason to sort of roll around so they can sort of clear house and, you know, get rid of everyone who they need to get rid of and start all over again, really. Um, the, the Panthers should win, Um but it's one of them. I think it will be sort of a high-scoring, relatively tight game. So I just don't see the Panthers at the moment, after the last couple of weeks, sort of blowing anyone out that they shouldn't do. No, absolutely not. And say um, Christian McCaffrey over the last couple of weeks has been absolutely explosive as well, hasn't he? Um, he's scoring been, he's absolutely... been the offense. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Um, last week, obviously, had was the first player in Carolina history to have a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a hundred yards, both on the ground and through the air. But the last couple of weeks, listen to these these standard score. This is standard scoring fantasy points: thirty-two point seven, eleven, thirty-one point eight, twenty-seven point seven, seventeen point six. I mean, that's just championship winning stuff there from Christian McCaffrey. Does he go in the first round of drafts next year? Uh, yeah, should do. Yeah, especially in PPR, obviously. Mm-hmm. Quite um, long. Yeah, quite, not. Not bad for a slot receiver who runs the ball occasionally. <laughs> I teed you up for that one. You knocked it out of the park. Um, but yeah, quite a lot of... Um, I saw uh, James Coe, the, um, one of the guys over across the pond, uh, used to do the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. So he, I think he tweeted something about you know the top, the top 10 in the drafts in fantasy drafts next season could all be quite could all be running backs i mean i don't quite yeah. i don't quite yeah, agree sure. with that but some of the people at eight nine and ten are a bit questionable but um yeah clickbait and all that i don't know but uh yeah christian mccaffrey for me should be should be a first round pick next season uh whether it be you know towards the end, end of the first round maybe but um yeah he certainly but then again he, he started the season quite slowly as well didn't he uh, like he did last season um so yeah, maybe maybe he's a bit been a bit hot and cold, but yeah, like I say, he is that offense. Uh, so you'd certainly expect him to to be the the majority point scorer uh, in this game for fantasy purposes. But like I say, yeah, don't forget about uh, Adam Humphreys. Really, really like him as a sleeper pick this week. Uh, talking of sleeping, Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Jacksonville are plus four. I mean, if you'd have said at the start of the season Jacksonville would be four point underdogs against at home to Indianapolis, you would uh, check me into a mental institution. Uh, the over-under here is 47, which I thought was also quite high. Yeah, like you say, before the season, you just, you just sort of looked at this fixture and sort of said, yeah, a, a beatdown is coming in this game. And to be fair, you, you still do now. It's just the other way around. Mm. Uh, the Colts will win this. I don't even think it'll be close. Uh, Indy blew out the Jags a few weeks ago. Yeah. And this time around, there's no Blake Bortles, although that could be a good thing, I guess. <laughs> and there's no Leonard Fournette either. Yeah. Um, after his instant last week that's obviously been, been carried through, he's been turned down on appeal, he's going to miss this game. 
Uh, yeah, Indianapolis are one of the hottest teams in the whole league at the moment. There's no reason to bet against them. Jags are still in huge amounts of disarray. Uh, and again, just waiting for it all to blow up and go until the next year, basically. Yeah, I've kind of got my eye on the Indianapolis game against Dallas in a couple of weeks. So I think we're at, at Indianapolis. So it could be, um, well, before the start of the season, you'd take that off as a win. But maybe I'm not so sure now. I'd be interested to see. Uh, although I would, I'd love to see that, that Dallas defensive line and the pass rush against the the Colts. Obviously, have protected Andrew Luck so well this season. Obviously, he got sacked last week. But um, and he obviously got... I think I think what it was. I think I figured out why Frank Wright put him out to the out to the to catch a pass because obviously he hasn't had a sack for 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 a couple of weeks. Uh, maybe reassigned him so he remembered what it felt like. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think you might prefer if uh, uh, Brissett's pass was a little bit lower and didn't have to get absolutely drilled to receive it. No, absolutely not. Marlon Mack, I think, is a bit is questionable for this one as well. So if he misses any time, Naheem Hines will probably be on quite a lot of waivers, so he'll be a good late addition on Sunday. Uh, another one should be a good game, this one. Cleveland at Houston. Houston, uh, obviously, on the back of eight straight wins, uh, hosts the Cleveland Browns. Uh, quite an interesting game, this one, actually. Obviously, Cleveland, it's been well documented what's happened since Hugh Jackson's bit left. Um, so I had a little look at, at Baker Mayfield and as to why he's been so good over the last couple of weeks. So if you look at his splits in passer rating between week 3 and 8 and 9 and 12, I mean, the start is such a stark contrast. So um, they've, they've made, a, made a, a point of getting him quicker throws, quicker plays. Um, so between week, weeks 3 and 8, his quick throws, his passer rated was 89.6. Uh, and between weeks 9 and 12 is 136.1 versus the Blitz uh, his passer rating between week 3 and 8 75.7 and between weeks 9 and 12 149.5 which is almost perfect um, and also uh, passing on the run which is this is per I think it's next gen sats I think uh, but on the run which uh, is categorised as running at more than 8, eight miles per hour his passer rating was 28.4 between weeks 3 and 8 and between between weeks 9 and 12 115.3 so it just shows you the uh, the overall completion percentage as well has gone up from 58.3 to 73.9 so it just shows you what Freddie Kitchens has done when he's come in make it more uh, appealing for, for Baker Mayfield and an easier offence for him to run it's like, you know like North Turner in, in Carolina with Cam Newton just giving him easy passes to, to, to throw completion percentage goes up you know, morale goes up, confidence goes mm. up, and you know you get all you get all the confidence from that, and obviously you play a lot better. But it'd be just interesting to see the last couple of weeks. Cleveland haven't really played anyone with a pass rush, so it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, Houston have one of the best pass rushes uh, in the game. So it'd be interesting to see how they kind of negate that, if you like, from Baker Mayfield's point of view. Uh, but if he's getting the ball out quicker, the pass rush is not going to get there. Exactly, that was what I was just about to come in with. That yeah, it's what Tom Brady's done for years, isn't it? He'd, New England have never had a, a great offensive line, you know, names and talent-wise. But Brady just gets rid of the ball so quickly that it just negates it all. So, yeah, Baker's obviously going to do the same against the Texans, you know, on the weekend. And just going back to, you know, Hugh versus... Uh, sorry, Baker under Hugh and Baker under Kitchens, it's almost as if Hugh wasn't very good, isn't it, you know? <laughs> Who knew? Um, but, no, yeah, um, this is sort of... Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting game. Um Obviously, you just talked about the Colts being really hot, and obviously the Texans are the hottest team, literally, in the NFL at the moment. And I think they play each other in a week or two. So if they win, you know, if the Colts beat the Browns, sorry, Colts beat the Jags and then the Texans beat the Browns, that'll be the two hottest teams playing each other. I think it's next week, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. That'll be really interesting as well. Yeah, it is, yes. Yeah, and obviously that's um, 
well, the Colts still behind us in the divisional race, but obviously they can uh, beat the Texans. That'll be really setting up for a grandstand finish in the AFC South. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple of other notes in this game. David Njoku, so Houston the worst versus tight end for production in terms of fantasy, giving up 17, over 17 fantasy points per game. So David Njoku should have a decent game. Uh, and the Texans have had at least two sacks uh, in every game except one this season, including, I think, six and five the last couple of weeks, uh, albeit against poor offensive lines. But um, yeah, Houston... Uh, despite the matchup, maybe with Cleveland, who could score a lot of points, Houston still get a lot of points from a fantasy perspective on defense, uh, just because of that line and uh, the the pressure they put on the uh, quarterbacks, making them early throw early or you know causing track uh, fumbles or sacks and, and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, should be a good good one to watch that one. The over under there says forty seven, so should be a decent scoring game. Uh, Houston, I think, were four five yeah, no. five point favorites. Yeah, no, I like it. It's a tribute good game. Um, I tune into that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure you probably won't be tuning in to this one. New York Jets at Tennessee. <laughs> no, certainly won't be. Um, when I was actually thinking, sort of making notes for this game, I actually almost just skipped it because I didn't really want to talk So I'm being really negative about a few of my games. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got that in between stage where. We've just counted quite a lot of teams out, and if they play each other, it's kind of next. What's that Ariana Grande song at the moment that's going around? Oh, I don't, don't uh, ask. Don't ask me on pop music. Yeah, no, neither, neither for me either. To be honest with you. No, anyway, you, we'll move you, on. You love, you love the Spice Girls. What are you on about? <laughs> don't everyone know? <laughs> it's being recorded, right? Say again. So this isn't being recorded, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on to the football with the thing that we should know something about. Um, so the Tennessee Titans still have an outside chance of making the postseason. If, they, if they're going to do that, then they need to be knocking off these lowly teams like the Jets. Mariota will be looking to build upon his super-efficient performance against the Texans on Monday. But obviously aiming for a different outcome. Uh, I think he'll get it. I think, uh, I think the Titans will take this one. Shouldn't be close, but the, Tex- the sorry, the Texans, the Titans don't often blow teams out no. like ever. So you know they'll probably win by a field goal, and they should be putting them away by you know a good few touchdowns. Mm-hmm. For the Jets, Darnold's only been practicing in limited fashion, so it remains to be seen whether he'll play. I haven't seen anything official, but if he's only if he's been limited all week, I would doubt it. To be honest with you, I think you'd, you'd want to full practice in there at some point. Uh, so like I say, the, the Jets season's over, as I've said. Uh, but it'd be important for the for Donald if he can get some reps, if he does play. Because that's going to be really valuable moving forward for the next season, and that's what the Jets are planning for already. Yeah, just give you lines in that one. Tennessee Titans are nine-point favourites, which is a bit surprising. The over-under there is 40.5. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it could be a, a smash spot for the for the Titans. Jets aren't, aren't great at all, but uh, it just depends on whether the Tennessee kind of get rolling uh, would be the kind of the... Depend on what the result in this one, but yeah, I don't. It's not a game I'm I'm overly interested in either from an NFL or a fantasy standpoint. So let's move to one that potentially will be Kansas City at Oakland. Kansas City and Andy Reid notoriously good off the bye. Uh, 14 and a half point favourites in this one over under is 55. And I think this would just be a cakewalk in the park for Kansas City. You could even see a scenario where Patrick Mahomes and Co come off at half time because they're 30 points up on the Oakland Raiders who are steamrolling their way to the number one pick next season although there are a few a few other contenders that they have to to wrestle with at two and nine uh, but yeah again this should be just a, an easy win here for Kansas City there's not really too much to talk about to be quite honest no no it is really not I think like you say this could be one where the starters are rested quite early on 
Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like you say, it all comes in that three-way race with the Niners and the Cards for that number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, as it stands there, picking third overall, and I don't see any of those teams actually winning another game, so it could just end up just being like that and then going off strength of schedule yeah. to go on two games. So obviously it depends on how results go uh, from now until the end of the season elsewhere. They'll decide that. At the moment, I think uh, the Niners are in pole position for that one pick. Yeah, Kansas City as well. Tammy Watkins, I don't think he's going to play. I'd be surprised if again if we see, if we see him again this season. But that uh, what that means for Tyreek Hill is usually he sees a lot more volume when Tammy Watkins is out. So if you're a Tyreek Hill owner, you can expect a lot of points uh, for him in this week in fantasy. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how far they get ahead before they kind of pull everyone. Really, uh, I don't see Oakland keeping it close. And say so I, I can certainly see a scenario where Kansas City get up by thirty and then just say, you know what, lads, get the get the second guys on. So I like uh, Chris Conley uh, to step up in this one as, a, yeah. as, a, as an outsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's popped up every now and again for Kansas City this <laughs> this season. Uh, but yeah, not really too much else to talk about on this one from my perspective. Obviously, the um, it'd be interesting to see how much the Kareem Hunt um, news has come out over the last hour or so about some video <laughs> stuff that's come out that you were telling me before the uh, podcast, Lee. Yeah, so it's a, this is something that's been released in the States uh, by TMZ. Um, just a video of him having an altercation with a, a young lady, uh, pushing her and uh, kicking her on the floor. Um, it sounds a lot worse than it actually is. I'm not obviously defending it. It's still really terrible. Should not be doing things like that. Shouldn't be getting involved with stuff like that. Um, be interesting to how to how they sort of view it at the NFL. Because obviously we had the Zeke suspension when he didn't really have any proof, and uh, you know he did push her in the face and he did kick her on the floor. Um, and obviously that's that was proof. That's video evidence. And then we obviously had some other running backs uh, who sort of got into sort of violence with uh, women, and they've been. Suspended, if not, you know, you know, out of the league like Ray Rice. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see which way this goes. Right? Um, could be career ender if they see it that way. Could be something that gets brushed under the carpet. Obviously, in the NFL, we see sort of it going both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only be interesting to see what, what how that unfolds. But obviously, from a fantasy perspective, I know it can be a bit um, narrow-minded to obviously think of fantasy all the time. But then quite a lot of people do these days, unfortunately. But uh, pick up Spencer Ware just as a handcuff, just in case, because uh, obviously a high scout high. High scoring offense, you want a piece of every any piece you can get really of that. Um, another good game, this one. Minnesota at New England. New England five point favourites. Uh, f- over under here is forty nine point five. Should be a good one this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this could be one of the best games of the weekend, to be honest with you. Um last time we spoke we, we spoke about the Patriots potentially, you know, where are they gonna finish up? Are they gonna finish in the second seed or are gonna uh, you know, drop to the third? Um this is one of the sort of potential losses on their schedule. So I think they'll be looking at this and they'll want to win, tighten that grip on the second seed in the AFC and keep those pesky Texans at bay who are, you know, coming out like a steam train behind them. Um, however, I think there's more on the line for the Vikings at the moment as they're chasing the wild card spot and hoping that, you know, the brand, sorry, the Bears, sorry, give them a few snookers in the divisional race. Mm. Um, I feel that extra incentive could cause some problems for New England. Uh, Adam Thielen woke up last week. Dalvin Cook showed some real life against Green Bay as well. Uh, so this, yeah, could be a great game. Uh, there's a lot on the line for both teams, and um, one I'm really looking forward to actually. Mm. Uh, New England undefeated at home, um, and I think this is where that run comes to end. I've just got a feeling that the Giants, uh, sorry, the Vikings squeak this one. 
Yeah, I've got a sneaky suspicion about this one as well. Kirk Cousins obviously would be buoyed by his, his heroics last week. He's not generally very good in prime time, but obviously put up 342 yards, three touchdowns last week against the sorry Green Bay team. So it'd be interesting to see if they've got any momentum off the back of that. I know it's not a prime time game, but it's a big game, and Kirk Cousins obviously has the the tag of you know blowing it when when stuff's on the line. Obviously, the Vikings paid him 80 odd million dollars to to kind of <laughs> to use our phrase once again. You know, pull his pants up and tell his balls to pick a lane kind of thing. But uh, yeah, obviously at Foxborough in December uh, is one of the uh, one of the biggest fortresses to go to. Be interesting to see how they fare. But yeah, like the uh, Dalvin Cook should have a decent game. Um, and I think Stefan Diggs is questionable for this one as well. He's not really been practicing this week, so keep your eyes out on that one. That would obviously be a big loss for uh, Minnesota. Obviously, he stretches the field there to allow Adam Thielen to do his thing underneath. Uh, let's also, m- oh, go on. Just one one quick thing, obviously, on the last podcast we talked about revenge games. Obviously, this is the Randy Moss revenge game. It just popped into my head. But Randy Moss doesn't play anymore. <laughs> the ghost of Randy Moss. Sorry? The ghost of Randy Moss. Yes, yes. Sorry, you broke up <laughs> slightly when you were speaking. I'm sorry, I missed that first time around. Yeah, there wasn't many. I couldn't find any revenge games this week. You have to let us know at full ten yards if there were actually any revenge games. I couldn't. Th- I couldn't see any. I did. Have, I did try and have a quick look, but um, yeah, it wasn't any obvious ones. No doubt, when I'm watching the game, I'll be like, ah, oh, there's one there. Like I did. Yeah. Fra- like I did. Frank yeah, Gore. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a revenge game for you. <laughs> San Francisco at Seattle. Richard Sherman. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. He's been running his mouth this week as well. Uh, but yeah, Seattle at home in this one, uh, NFC West Divisional Clash. Uh, Seattle 10-point favourites over under here is 46. Bit, uh, bit, of a, bit of a strange one, this one. San Francisco decent versus the run, so maybe temper expectations a little bit there. I know the San Francisco defence generally is pretty poor, uh, but that's more against the pass. Uh, and then Seattle's... Um, Defense, whilst they've been they've been decent and, and dogged, uh, they're actually not that great against the run. They give up quite a lot of yards per carry. So Matt Breda could have a decent game um, from a fantasy perspective in this one. But from an NFL perspective, like I say, we we mentioned about the other two and nine teams. San Francisco uh, have a chance to get the number one seed. So I can't really see them putting too much of a fight up in this one. Though the NFC West games do get played quite hard. But Seattle have bigger bigger fish to fry. They're six and five. They've they've got kind of the the wild cards spot. You know they've they've beaten Carolina who are six and five and they've got the um, they've got the heads heads over quite a few teams so they want to obviously keep rolling keep um, keep that push for the playoffs uh, which at the start of the season didn't look didn't no one no one really fancied them at all me included I didn't fancy them at all for the postseason but uh, they've certainly surprised a few people which just shows you how well they're coached and how how good of a coach Pete Carroll is. Yeah, definitely. I, I was sort of uh, putting the Seahawks down for a bit of a rebuild. In the in the off season, yeah, and yeah, they surprised me a little bit. Obviously, they've not pulled up any trees, but they've definitely been much better than I expected them to be. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit further along with that rebuild than we all anticipated. Maybe a bit more talent in the building, uh, playing wise, as you say, coaching wise as well than we than we anticipated. Um, yeah, I think like you say, it gets feisty in the NFC West. Uh, these teams that like each other, going back to the you know the Colin Kaepernick sort of era recently as well. Um, so yeah, no, it could be a good game to watch. Could be quite feisty. I think it'd be quite hard for and quite tight as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I do expect the Seahawks to win this one. Yeah, Nick Mullins. Uh, just uh, for those who don't know, Nick Mullins is going to start quarterback. But we wouldn't be surprised if, some, if he does if it goes badly again for Nick Mullins that we see CJ Beathard again at some point. Uh, Nick Mullins, obviously, his trajectory is pointing downwards over the last couple of weeks after a promising start against at home against the uh, Raiders. 
Let's move on to Sunday Night Football then, Lee. Um, game of the week, obviously, this got flexed to the Sunday Night Football game because of, 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 the, of the appeal. Pittsburgh Steelers, three-and-a-half-point home favourites against the Chargers. 52-and-a-half is the over-under. Yeah, yeah. It's, like you say, it should be a really good game. Uh, as things stand with the Steelers in the fourth seed and the Chargers in the fifth, this could be a dress rehearsal for wildcard weekend in early January. Yep. Uh, I think this will be a pretty titanic clash, to be honest. I think that uh, 52... Uh, point line is going to be threatened, um, you know, as it would do in January as well. I feel, I feel um, that both teams got good offense, um, but I think I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about this. I don't know why. Um, to be honest with you, um, although thinking rationally, like I said, I had no idea really why because both both offenses are good. But I think we've got the superior defense, and our kicking woes are seem like a thing of the past now, which is quite a novel thing to say as a Chargers fan. We're still on the road in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field with all those stupid towels waving. You know, it's quite a tough game, tough atmosphere. Um, I think the Steels will take this one, to be honest with you. I think they'll win uh, by more than three as well. I think they'll cover that. Yeah. Um, you know, relatively tight, but I think they'll just maybe get away with like, maybe a late touchdown or something like that. Mm. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as we go there and win in January. Yeah, I mean, this game has all the makings of a, of a Philip Rivers fall on your face kind of game and a, you know, a disjointed charges, you know, nothing really nothing really gets gets going in this one and Pittsburgh just go out to an early lead and just blow them away. Um, obviously, no Melvin Gordon, so Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson have got to try and shoulder the load that Melvin Gordon has, has done uh, admirably well this season. Uh, Pittsburgh, not really anything to any injuries or anything like that, or any distractions to worry about at home. Something like football, Big Ben and, and Co. usually put on a decent show. So, yeah, as much as I'd love the Chargers to win for our my anti season, my pro season, my pre season bet. Uh, again, yeah, like you say, this could be quite uh, quite easily a wild card game uh, come January. So, don't care who wins this one. Like you say, as long as the Chargers win the one in January, but it should be a good game nonetheless. Should be a lot of fancy points in that one. It's random yeah, off them. Different game to watch, definitely. I just don't think we'll get the right outcome from my perspective, anyway. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, let, moving on, let's round it off then with Monday Night Football Washington, the six and five at the five and six Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles six point favourites. The over under hit is forty five. This is a huge NFC East game. Uh, I think it would be a, a game similar to the, that of uh, the Giants and the Eagles last week. Uh, be a defensive game where D lines kind of um, kind of rule rule the roost, if you like. Um, the Philadelphia secondary is quite beat up and they give up 27 point, uh, 27 points uh, second worst to uh, wide receivers only second to New Orleans but the Washington offensive line is obviously quite banged up and, and depleted as well so you know, it could be the sense that the pressure from the, the defensive line of the Eagles which is still pretty decent gets to Colt McCoy uh, and uh, doesn't really give a chance for anyone to get downfield uh, to, to beat that secondary of Philadelphia but then on the other side, Philadelphia O-line's not really played that great this season. Not really given Carson Wentz much of a, t- a time or a rhythm to, to get into. And Washington, obviously their defensive line is the best part of their team. So could turn into a, a sack fest. It could t- turn into a defence on, on top game, similar to that of uh, Dallas, New Orleans, maybe just without the offence. Um, and I think, again, like last week, Philadelphia will sneak away with a win with a with a kind of a last-minute field goal. Yeah, I think so. Um just when you were sort of going through sort of positional battles, um, you know, for instance, the, you're saying that the Philly sort of secondary is pretty beat up, but the Washington uh, wide receiver room isn't exactly a wash with talent either, is it? No, no. Um, you know, it's, it could be one of those things where it just kind of, like you say, just becomes this sort of defensive battle in the trenches and, and they kind of cancel each other out a little bit and then 
maybe a mistake or something like that, or one bit of moment of magic, or sort of win this for mm. for one team. I do think the the, the best chance lies with Philadelphia. Yeah. They, I think it's obviously coming down to sort of great number of playmakers on their side of the ball on offense. Um, but yeah, it should be quite a tightly fought game. Um, you know, whoever wins this sort of gives himself a chance sort of hang on to Dallas's coattails mm. in the sort of the race towards the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I expect Philadelphia to take this, um, you know, but very, very tight. I don't think it's going to be the greatest score on Monday Night Football either. No, like I say, Philadelphia, if they get the win, obviously both teams go to 6-6 six and six and there'll be a massive game in Dallas next week uh, hosting the Eagles. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, but that pretty much wraps us up for week 13. So that's uh, that's your fantasy and that's your, that's your NFL. So let's now go and talk betting. It's that time of the week where we try and win you some cash. I apologise for this week. It will not be very in-depth. Um, as Tim has probably mentioned already, I've been out all night. Um, rather shattered at the moment, but I know he wants to get a podcast up tonight, so I'll give it my best. Uh, quick recap from last week. We both won our money line bets. Mine was 3-1. to one. Tim's was just over that. Uh, Carolina and, frankly, Arizona let me down on my handicap. Uh, which was pretty damn awful. We both picked the same totals, uh, which didn't win, but we both landed up. So we both went for the for the Bills at 29 to 20. Uh, the anytime scorers, I got Nick Chubb, and I got Gronk at nine to four, which I thought was a ridiculous price for him. Uh, I think Tim got a couple. He got uh, a nine to two winner, I believe. Dak Prescott again. Uh, unfortunately, didn't score last night for me, but. Oh well. Uh, so yeah, not an awful week, not a brilliant week, just uh, another one of those. Uh, the money line bet for me this week, I've got a fivefold. I've got Tennessee at home to the Jets. I've got Pittsburgh at home to the Chargers. I've got Philadelphia at home to Washington. I've got Indiana, Indianapolis Colts on the road in Jacksonville. And I've got Denver on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, the Titans are a far better team at home. They shouldn't really have any issues with the Jets. The Steelers host the Chargers, who are without Melvin Gordon. I think that is a very big difference for them. And also, they will be looking to bounce back from a game that, frankly, they dominated last week, but just didn't win. It was turnovers. Uh, they they gave up four turnovers in the game against the Broncos while having over 500 yards. So, that'll, that'll get put right this week. Um, the Eagles at home, a little bit risky because they are beaten up in the secondary, but... I don't think Washington have got weapons to be able to do anything about it. Uh, the Colts are far better than the Jags, and the Jags are possibly without Jalen Ramsey, which would be a big loss for them. And the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely suck at the moment, so Denver shouldn't have any problem going into there. So my five-fold on the money line is about four and a half to one. My spread treble is Pittsburgh minus three, the Browns plus seven, and Denver minus three. Uh, and also, not a treble, fourfold, the Giants plus four. Now, I have obviously mentioned the Pittsburgh game before. The Giants are four-point underdogs. Um, I think they've got a fairly fairly decent chance of actually winning the game. So I'll be taking that. Uh, the alternate spread on the Browns, knocked that up to plus seven um, against the Texans. The way they've been playing recently, I can see them... They're obviously on a bit of a high, so I can see them doing all right there. And again, as I mentioned, the Bengals are awful at the moment, so I knocked Denver down to minus three. 
that fourfold is about eight to one. That was Pittsburgh minus three, the Giants plus four, the Browns plus seven, and Denver minus three. My totals, which I'm not sure of one on yet, I've gone for over 40 points in the Buffalo versus Miami game. I've got over 47 in Cleveland versus the Texans, and I've got over 51 and a half in Pittsburgh versus the Chargers. That's about six to one for that treble. Uh, Buffalo Miami is a low-scoring game on the cards, but Buffalo have shown they can put up points in random, random circumstances. And Miami, with Tannehill, put up 20, 20 yard against a good team last week. So I can see them both scoring. 20-ish, which should be enough for over 40. Uh, the Browns versus Texans, both teams are definitely capable of scoring. The Browns look very good under Freddie Kitchens, uh, the new offensive coordinator. So I can see them doing pretty well. And the Chargers versus Steelers, well, we, but we all know that both of these teams can put up a lot of points. So 51.5, fairly high, but I'll take that. So that was 6-1 to one for that treble. My any times the shorter priced ones. I've got Devante Adams at ten to eleven. I have Gus the Bus Edwards at ten to eleven, and I went for DJ Moore for the Panthers versus the Buccaneers at fifteen to eight. That came out to about nine and a half to one on Skybet if you do the treble. Uh, Devante Adams, he's playing for the Packers. They are fourteen point favourites at home. If they're going to be scoring three or four touchdowns, he should really get one. Uh, Gus Edwards, they're going up against the Atlanta Falcons, who are one of the worst in the league defending the running game. And Lamar Jackson will probably do what he does. Lamar Jackson is very good east to west, whereas Gus Edwards is a great north to south runner. He just goes forward, basically. And that's what you need. And DJ Moore is looking like he's getting a lot more of the ball recently. He's getting a lot of targets. And 15-8 to eight was one that I just used to... Bump it up a little bit. So yeah, 9.5 to 1 for them. Uh, a few long shots for you. Again, beating up my own Bengals team. Cortland Sutton, 21 to 10 to score against them anytime. Uh, Cameron Brait is 3 to 1 for the Buccaneers. He scored last week. Um, and Cam, not Cam, James Winston loves him. So I can see him scoring again this week. And then the very big priced one, Adam Shaheen. For the Chicago Bears, he came back uh, on Thanksgiving, I think. No, the game before Thanksgiving. Scored a touchdown, got concussed, and missed the Thanksgiving game. Um, he is six foot six. He's a massive weapon, and I would imagine he's been training with Chase Daniel a fair bit. And it looks like Chase Daniel is going to be the quarterback again. So I am more than happy to take a punt at twenty to one for him. He's as low as eleven to two in other places. Uh, 20, tw 20 to 1 was on Skybet if you fancy it so short and sweet for me today may have rushed through that a little bit so apologies if it's a little bit too quick but it's now 11.30 and I've got work at 5.05 in the morning so good night all, good luck and hopefully we will get some winners OK, Adam's bets there so on to mine Moneyline Accumulator for week 13 gone for Baltimore Ravens to beat the Atlanta Falcons, a bit of a, an accumulate booster there. Again, like last week, it's sometimes you have to put teams in there that you're not 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 too confident on. But you know, when you you can't keep putting one to five shot, one to ten shots in all your hackers because you're not. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of teams there for maybe a, a low return. So Baltimore Ravens away to Atlanta should have enough there against a, an Atlanta team 
that maybe don't have as much to play for for the season. LA Rams certainly have a lot to play for for the season, so I've picked them as well. They should have an easy one at Detroit. Uh, Denver, I've gone to beat Cincinnati. Similar to reasons for Baltimore. Uh, Houston to beat Cleveland. Houston on a bit of a roll. Houston should uh, have that, that pass rush should get after Baker Mayfield and uh, will find it a lot more difficult than he has done the last couple of weeks. And then to finish it off, I've gone for Philadelphia at home to Washington on Monday Night Football and Indianapolis as well to beat the sorry Jacksonville Jaguars. Sixfold there, it's over 10 to 1. It's 10.29 to, 10, 10, uh, 10 to 1 with uh, Skybet there uh, at the time the prices were taken, which was early on in Friday. For handicap purposes, the three I've gone for this week, Carolina minus three, Indianapolis minus three, and Kansas City minus 14 as well. Those three there, just over four to one with bet three, six, five. Um, I've actually, the other two that I quite fancied as well, Buffalo plus seven and Houston minus five. All of those are slightly adjusted handicaps. I've, I've bitten the bullet on there and taken half a point or a point or two on those. It's slightly shorter odds to hopefully guarantee a return. Uh, all six, all five of those is 12.88 to one with bet 365 at the time of the, um, I, I looked at these uh, totals, total points. I've gone for a couple here. Under 42 and a half, Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville are going to score a lot of points. Obviously, Cody Kessler and Leonard Fournette are not are missing from Jacksonville this week. And again, their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, is no longer there either so it won't be a lot of points from the Jacksonville side so Indianapolis don't need to score a lot of points and just in case Jacksonville decide to put in a performance there in the divisional game under 42 and a half I quite like uh, in the Chargers Pittsburgh game I've gone for under 51 and a half don't think this will be quite the high score that everyone is anticipating could be a could be a nervy AFC battle there uh, both teams trying to win and maybe sneak a win. Chargers might keep it close. Both t- defences pretty decent. No Melvin Gordon for the Chargers, of course. So it could be a, a, a low scorer. And then finally, I've gone for under 44 in the Washington-Philadelphia game. Again, both defences should be on top in this game. Both offences, not really a lot to shout about this season. So I've gone under 44. That should be 5.95 to 1 generally because they are all 10 to 11 as usual. Uh, unfortunately, this week, uh, at the time of recording, not really many anytime prices to go by in terms of touchdown scorers. So a couple of outsiders I'm looking at. Justin Jackson, obviously without no Melvin Gordon there for the Chargers, uh, could, could get in the end zone. Adam Humphreys, Chris Conley, Bruce Ellington, uh, Josh Reynolds and Josh Doxon are a couple I'm looking at again. Uh, like Adams, we'll post these out on Sunday uh, when we know what the prices are and that goes for our anytime accumulators too. Hopefully you do a bit better than we did last week on those. Upset of the week, uh, I'm not really going to call it an upset, but Baltimore are odds against, so quite happy to take that as my upset of the week. We both have had Buffalo last week, so that was good. Hopefully we can keep that on rolling. All that's left is, of course, the nap and next best. So my nap for week 13 is Indianapolis to beat Jacksonville. I know we usually, for the Naps, do the even money shots, but um, yeah, quite like Indianapolis this week to be away to Jacksonville. And for the next best, I'm not quite sure what the price is yet, but Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown scorer versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is what I'm going to go for uh, in this game for, for those two. So hopefully we can continue the good work. Obviously, my Nap landed again last week, um, giving us a good return. Been quite successful with those over the season. So uh, we're going to go with those. Um, best luck with all your bets for week 13. Post us any decent bets that you have at full 10 yards. We'll retweet those. We always love to see those bookies get bashed. But that's our best bets for week 13. So there you have it. They're all that you need for your week 13 of NFL action, your best bets and all your games covered. 
Uh, really enjoyed that episode, Lee. Uh, I suppose all that's left is to, to look forward and watch it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, another great episode in the bag. I uh, so just want to say bye to everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and yeah, have a good weekend of football to everyone. Yeah, we'll be back next week, obviously, to recap all of the uh, Week 13 games. Good luck in all, with all your fantasy games if you are you know, pushing for the playoffs and you need that win just to get you in. Uh, and obviously, good luck if, you've, uh, if, you, if you're if you fighting the 0-12, the if you like. Maybe you can get, maybe if you try that hard, a bit harder, you can get that one win and uh, not be so bad. Maybe come back next year better for the run. But that's going to do it for the episode of the full 10 yards. Don't forget to check out our December competition where you can win a NFL Christmas jumper of your choice. Head over to at full 10 yards on our Twitter pinned tweet there to find out all the information you need to enter the competition. But we'll speak to you on Tuesday. And in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.